Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. We will, we will start with, with those notes, if you will. And um, I want to, I had a friend of mine who had a tragic accident in their family and his mother and his only son was killed in a car accident. And the, this, well, you, you, you may know uh, Thomas and Angela Carpenter. They're missionaries. And um, Angela and Thomas lost their, their boy, Buck. And uh, Thomas lost his mother in that accident. And Angela was saying as she struggled through this time of great heart, heartache and great uh, questions for God and she said a scripture came to her mind and a phrase out of one of the scriptures that's found in first second Corinthians 4 and 8 we are pressed on every side by troubles but we're not crushed we are perplexed but not driven to despair um you may have some questions and you may be perplexed about what's happening in our church. But you should never be driven to despair. I want to tell you this morning that uh, we have some rough days ahead of us. But they're not days of despair. They're days of victory. They're days of great uh, inner joy and they are days when we will not understand why it's happening or what happened or what's going on but we will see clearly when the when the rain is gone and the storm has cleared we will see clearly despair an utter loss of hope a cry of despair. Uh, they gave up in despair. What does it mean? Despair. It means he or she is, has a feeling of, of complete loss of hope. Paul said in his description of his sufferings that I am perplexed by, I don't understand everything that has happened to me. But I'm not driven to despair. I am not without hope. I am not without encouragement. And so, we, uh, as we face this storm together, I want you to know that we will come through. The church will come through. I am pleasantly surprised and, and grateful to God for the, those of you who keep coming back every Sunday morning. 
Those of you who are older, like I am, you got to come back because you don't have nothing else to do on Sunday morning. <laughs> but some of you young families, I am so impressed with your, um, your dedication to God, your dedication to one another, your dedication to Jesus, your dedication to the church. I am impressed. I want you to keep impressing me. Let's read together. Now, if you want to go through the, the book of Acts, we're, we are, we're getting almost to the, we're the 21st chapter now, and we've been at it for a year, two years now. And every Sunday morning, we're doing the book of Acts over here in the, in the fellowship hall and the Family Life Center, and we are uh, uh, reading the book of Acts. But I've read the book of Acts through more than any book in the Bible. As a missionary, as a young man who had a missionary heart and a missionary calling before I ever served as a missionary, I saw the book of Acts as what's happening now. What's happening, what happened then and what's happening now. The book of Acts has 28 chapters in this book, but uh, it really never stops. The book of Acts goes on and on because we are still seeing miracles and we are still seeing the gospel being preached. We are still seeing the, the uh, people suffering for the gospel. We're still seeing everything in the book of Acts today that was written by Luke many years ago. And in the 27th chapter, the next to the last chapter, we, we see Brother Luke and Paul and some of his friends on a voyage, on a boat. And uh, they're actually going to, to, to Rome as prisoners. Paul is a prisoner. He has appealed to Caesar. I want to talk to Caesar about the way people are treating me. I'm a Roman citizen. I want my time, my, my voice. I want to be heard. Well, the Lord had told him many years prior to that that you will take this message to the kings of the nations. And so Paul was ready to fulfill that. And uh, they put him on a boat. Boat went round around the Mediterranean for a little while and faced some smaller storms. And they swapped boats and got in another one and, and uh, found some more headwinds. And so they landed at a at an interesting place. It's called uh, uh, Fair Haven. <laughs> if you ever get to Fair Haven, you want to stay there for a while. <laughs> stay in Fair Havens as long as you can. But when a gentle south wind began to blow, they, the crew, the sailors, saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchored and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called a nor'easter swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave, it, gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed the lee of a small island called Cauda, 
we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sardis. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took much violent battering from the storm that the next day, such a battering that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, the ship, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. My goodness. At this point, Luke writes, whenever you see in the, in, the, in the book of Acts, the pronoun we, Luke is including himself. He is there writing this story. He is there making this account. He said, we gave up all hope of being saved. Now, Luke was not Paul. Paul had something else within him that Luke didn't have. Paul had something else that Luke didn't have. I, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. You can turn the page over. Let's see. No, you don't want to turn it over too soon. <laughs> so we gave way. When they first hit this wind, they, didn't, they weren't able to, to fight the wind. Now, we're talking about a boat with a sail. We're not talking about a boat with a motor, an engine, propellers. We're talking about wind-driven boat, ship. And uh, they just had to let it drift along just the wind, blow it, let it go. I think sometimes we will see ourselves doing the same thing here. Without a senior pastor, we, we will have to let, it, let the wind blow us from time to time and follow along. The, um, there was a lifeboat a skiff, they called it, a, a large boat that was towed behind this ship with a rope towed behind it. And they thought, man, we better see if we can get that thing on board. And they began to pull the rope and were barely able to get the lifeboat on. Now, this analogy that I'm using this morning as uh, ships and storms and lifeboats, it it's not a perfect analogy. But I can tell you early on that the ship is not the church. The crew, the prisoners, Paul, the centurions, Luke and his gang, everyone on the boat is the church. We are the church. This building is not the church. This is the church house. This is the church. In, in Spanish, we say um, la iglesia, the church. And it's not the building. The building, we call it 
El templo, the temple. The temple is the building. The church is the people. The crew is the people. The church is not going to get in a lifeboat. It's not going to help us. It's not big enough for us, and it won't save us. They got to the point that they needed to put ropes. When they got the little lifeboat on board, they, 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 they put ropes. On these large ships, they would have rolls and rolls of green ropes. These green ropes, they would, they would un, uh, uncoil them and and one man or two men on one end and one on the other, they go to the, the, the prow of the bow of the ship, the stern up there. And they would, they would push, pull that rope underneath the boat and go toward the back of the boat and tie it off until they had many ropes, green ropes, that when they hit the water, they begin to shrink and pull the boat together. This is a wooden boat. I don't know if you've ever been in a wooden boat, but they're not, they're not uh, uh, as waterproof as uh, a fiberglass or a steel boat. And they were not, they were nailed together, some mostly pegged together. And they needed these ropes. As those ropes would shrink, it would, it would hold the boat together. We would do a lot of things to hold the boat together. But don't worry about the boat. You'll see here in a minute, they're going to lose the boat. (laughs) All of our efforts will be joint efforts in the days ahead. Man, we have communion this morning. We have uh, uh, events coming up. We're still doing what we do as a church and we have got ourselves tied together and we're going to try to stay together hang with me here they were afraid of the shallows of the sandbars give you a little uh, insert there about the, uh, the sands of Sardis one time they thought it was a desert on the north coast of Africa, but it wasn't. It was where two dangerous shallow gulfs off the coast of North Africa came in. And if they got into that, that drawn into that riptide and onto those shallow sandbars, their boat would be there and they could never be rescued. They were miles and miles from land and there they would perish. So they lowered the sea anchor. It was they had several anchors on their boats. Heavy rock anchors. Let's put something in to slow it down. If we can just slow the slow things down, we'll be okay. The next day they throwed the cargo overboard. That was anything that could move in the boat. Their beds. Um, they got rid of things that they didn't need. On the third day, they, they threw the tackle 
overboard. Now, this was, this was their beds, their personal luggage, any movables. They were throwing things off the boat, trying to make it lighter. Maybe if we make it up where it'll flow high, we'll stay on top of the waves and beat the storm out. It's strange how people will get rid of things that were so important to them when their life is threatened. You know, a lot of things mean a lot to us until, until our life is threatened. And then we, you know, it doesn't mean so much to us to have a bed. We throw that overboard. We are not threatened. Our lives are not threatened as a church. We're going we're gonna to come through this storm. We are going to make it. There's no use you, us, well, let's, let's don't have a youth service and let's don't have a, let's all just crawl, kind of get up in here and, 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 and crawl on our bellies and, and pray that God will help. No, look, we are going to make it. The church is triumphant. The church is victorious. The church will not lose ever. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Finally, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging. Let me tell you, this is not a little storm. Have you, you've seen pictures of, and videos. Now you see Pete, everybody got a camera and you get a video of tornadoes now. <laughs> Got it on there, and then we're watching that tornado go through. And it just whoosh, goes through. Or here back in September, uh, down where my mother and, and brothers live uh, and, and, and care, our family, uh, they went through a, to- a, a hurricane. Well, it, it came on a Saturday evening, and Sunday uh, it, it came through right over my mama's house, as she said it came over her house, and trees were thrown everywhere. Nothing was hurt at her house. And, and uh, uh, Monday morning, it was somewhere else up in Mississippi. It was gone. They had come through it. Um, this storm was in the sea, and it lasted for days and days. As a matter of fact, Luke says... It lasted over 14 days, two weeks in this storm. Man, some interesting facts there. These boats, these ships could be anywhere from 234 to 240 feet long. These were grain cargo ships. They could be 60, 66, 69 feet wide. Uh, carry over 2,000 tons. Now, a ton is 2,000 pounds. They could carry 2,000 tons of wheat, of grain. This was a big boat. This is not some little little uh, uh, outboard bass boat, you know. This is a ship. Uh, 600 people could get on it. On this particular voyage, there were 270, how many? 76 passengers, Luke says. And the hurricane force winds lasted over two weeks. 
Let me tell you something. Life is better together. Can we get that up there? Look at there. Life is better together. Say it with me. Life is better together. One more time. Life is better together. We're in this together. We're in a storm together. We're going through some, something we've, you, many of you have never gone through this. I hope you never go through it again. But life is better together. Look what chapter 27, verses 21 through 26 says. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Man, you should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and incurred the disaster this disaster and loss. Now, Paul, in, in the, in the uh, I think it's Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, says that he had already ha suffered three shipwrecks. Three shipwrecks before this one. He wrote to the people in Corinth, Corinth before this happened. He had already been through three shipwrecks. He had already been beaten with 39 stripes on many occasions. He had already been in jail. He had already suffered a stoning and left for dead. Paul was not a newcomer to storms. If you're a newcomer to the storms of life, hang on. <laughs> I've been on this I've been on this voyage for uh, let's see 62 years. I'm six I'll be 67 here in a few few weeks. And for 62 years I've served the Lord. 5 years old. Don't tell me a 5-year-old can't get saved. He does. And he changes. He needs a lot of sanctification along the way, but he does change. He is, he's converted at five years old. Sixty-two years I've been on this voyage, and some of it is just as pleasant as it can be. Man, when you're in the Mediterranean around the Greek islands, you pay big money for those voyages. And look at the islands and the architecture and the, the blue seas. And oh, it's a wonderful voyage. And then from time to time, we go through a storm. Look what Paul said. First, <laughs> Paul, when he was in Fair Havens, he said to them, you see, we should stay here. Oh, but it's not a nice place to winter, is what the crew said. We'll go on to Phoenix. Now, that's not Arizona. It was another town, a coastal town and, and a port. But it would have been a lot better if they'd have stayed in Fair Havens. Paul knew, not because the Spirit told him anything, not because he had a dream, not because an angel stood with him that night before they left, but because he was a seafaring man. And he knew the signs. And he could tell we we're going to go through a storm. 
Well, you should have listened to him. He got his I told you so in there. And he says to them, And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. That, that uh, angel talking to him there, it, it's an indication that Paul that night had been praying and asking God for the lives of everyone on the boat. And God heard his prayers and sent an angel to him to say, it's okay, you will go to Caesar, and the rest of them will be saved. He's granted you your prayer. That was the answer to Paul's prayer. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God. Hallelujah. Take heart, church, for I believe God. Take heart. If it's just one of us that believes God, you can take courage. God will bring us through. God will take us through this. Listen. I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. The boat is going to break to pieces. You need to finish reading the story this afternoon. Oh, it's a great story. Now, this is what he says to them, to the church today. Take food. It's time to eat. You're going to need your strength. You can fill in the blanks there. Take some food for your strength. You will need it for the remainder of the storm. They, when he said this to them, they were about seven or eight days into the storm, and they had another seven or eight to go. This thing that we are in, this storm that our church is in, is not over. We've got, we've got a lot in front of us. We have to stay together and believe what God has for us. We need to strengthen one another. We need the strength that only God can give us. Our strength will come from the Holy Spirit. If you are saved and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to seek a greater experience and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Find what the Holy Spirit's purpose on this, in this world and in His church is all about. Find yourself communicating to God through the Holy Spirit. Use the power of the Holy Spirit to keep you strong. God's Word in your personal devotions will bring you strength. What's a personal devotion, Brother Randy? <laughs> you better find out what it is to crack that Bible, find a book. I recommend... I recommend Smith Wigglesworth. 
I recommend uh, uh, his utmost, it, my, his, my highest for his, I utmost for his highest. That's uh, Oswald Chambers. I recommend a number of, uh, of devotions. We have devotions that come to us. Now, now that's just something to read. The term personal devotion means you are personally responsible for, the, for eating what God puts before you. You are responsible for feeding yourself. Take food, people. Take food. Stay strong. Spiritual food is what I'm talking about. Now, we eat a lot around here. You know, pound for pound, we're the largest church in town. And, and, and we love eating meetings. That's not the kind of food I'm talking about. We need personal devotion, personal, be personally devoted to reading the Word and getting it in you and getting it. But I don't understand. You get to keep eating. Keep getting it in there. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you what you need out of what you just read. But you got to open that book and you got to do You can't keep a can of Vienna sausages in the shelf and, and think you're going to eat them. You got to open that can, dump out the water. If it's cold, it's jelly. <laughs> dump it out. Get you some crackers and, man, start going after it. Boy, that's the worst thing I could think of. <laughs> That are some sardines. Mm. Mm -hmm. But you have to eat. Paul saw that. And you will find food and strength from this pulpit. From this pulpit. You are a member of this church. This is where you find your strength. Here about four weeks, Brother Cecil Colbert came and preached to us a message of hope. We have hope. There's, this hope will never die. This hope is, is not compromised by, by any problem or any storm that comes along. The next week, Brother Clint Powers, <laughs> praise God. He preached to us, and we filled these altars praying. And we told the devil he cannot have our soul. He cannot have our family. He cannot have our church. Where did you get that? Right here from this pulpit. Hallelujah. Last two weeks ago, a brother came from the youth department and reminded us, church, that we are part of something greater than us. We are part of getting the gospel to all the world. And we're going to watch Brother Caleb shave his beard when we raise that money that we, 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 are, we, we have been challenged to raise. The gospel shall be preached to every nation, and then the end shall come. Can I tell you that we are the church together? Last week from this pulpit, I have never heard a better message than what Caleb Hester preached to us. That, hallelujah, don't let him at your table. Don't let him at your table. Who are you inviting into your house? My goodness, your enemies are all around you, but don't let him at your table. Don't let him dominate the conversation. Man, I like that one, Caleb. Man, you can preach that again. 
Praise the Lord. You know, we sing the same songs again. We just preach the same message again. (laughs) Our strength will come and will be found in the love and friendship we have as a church family. You know, I I was brought up different. Um, Daddy was in the service, and we moved from place to place. And then when Karen and I got married 45 years ago, my goodness, um, we, we attended one church, and then we moved to the mission field, and we would go from church to church. And, uh, any, anyway, I don't find it hard fitting in with the family of God. I watched my daddy. He, he would take us. He, he would go ahead of us, uh, the family, and find the church that we were going to go to and find us a house to live in. Then he called for mama and the three boys. And we would go to church. The first Sunday we were there, daddy and mama would participate in church. We, would, we just we, we felt at home. We were there. That's just our church, our church. That's what, this is our church. We are family. And so when I came here, it didn't take me long, man. I was shaking hands with people. I'm Randy. How are you? What's your name? I had a list of them. I was trying to remember names. I sat behind Claude and, and, and uh, Melinda one day, one evening. They were up here, and I sat behind them. And uh, after church was over, I asked them what their name was, Claude and Melinda. I said, oh, man, nice to meet you. I said, now put down here on my, on my notes, don't sit behind these two. You can't see over their heads. Had that in my notes. So you'll notice I don't sit behind Claude and Melinda. And uh, I love this church. I love what God is doing here. I love what the families I see coming in. And I see young people uh, with, their, with their children. And, they're, and, they're, and I, all that Sunday that Brother Clint had you up here in the altars. And I saw husbands and wives getting their, their young families and coming up and praying over them and, and, and asking God to keep us together. That love we have for one another will keep us together. Well, it didn't, it didn't keep Sonny and Cher together. Now, y'all don't know about the young people. <laughs> and Captain and Tennille, they didn't make it. Love will keep us together. Yeah. That's a different kind of love. Strength will be found in the hope and faith we have within us. Hope and faith and love. Now Paul said, these three things remain. These, there were three things, he said, that remain, that stay, that will not fail you. These three things. Faith, our faith in God our faith in the Word, our faith that moves mountains, our faith in one another that sometimes disappoints us, that, that kind of faith. Our hope, our hope is that the Lord will bring us victory. Our hope is that the Lord shall return in victory and in glory and His church will meet them to forever be with Him. Hope, faith, and love will strengthen you in these days. You hear me? That's our strength. 
He said, take food for your strength. He said, take wise counsel. Now, this is no place for an I told you so. We don't need anybody. I told you so. <laughs> that doesn't help. Paul had to get it out of him. And he, he said, I told you so. But he had something greater to tell them. That's why. But we need to listen to wise counsel. We need to raise our spiritual antenna. Where, what is that? Well, we, we, it's something in the spirit where we begin to ask God and pray and seek for his desires to be accomplished in our lives, to seek his will, we begin to push into God in the spirit, it's, and he has messages for us during this storm. He has messengers for us to see and hear from during this storm. The Holy Spirit will give us wise counsel. Uh, we never want to quench the Spirit of, of God. We never want to quench the, the gifts and the operation of the gifts in our church. We're a Pentecostal church that believes that the gifts still are in operation. But we need to be very careful of wolves. Now, that's how they say it in Louisiana. I don't know how. <laughs> a wolf, you know, a W-O-L-F. Wolves in sheep clothing will come in with strange messages. And they will say, thus saith the Lord. Instead of it being from the Lord, it's from that man or that woman. We will discern who they are, we will say, I'll take the good and leave the bad. We will look to the Holy Spirit for wise counsel. We will look to the church hierarchy for wise counsel. Now, what is that? Well, four weeks ago, a white-headed man came in here. Brother Ronnie Morse is our Arkansas Assembly of God District Superintendent. It's not every church that has an affiliation with an organization that has experience in these matters. But we do. And it would be foolish not to go to those people for spiritual counseling and for leadership and guidance in the days ahead. I remember when uh, I remember when a hurricane come through Honduras. We were down there, 1998. 13,000 people were killed. Every bridge in that country was washed away. Roads were washed away. The infrastructure was demolished I uh, I was called on as a missionary down there to uh, go to a, a citywide ministers meeting with other missionaries and other church leaders and uh, I uh, they, they, they went around the room and said what do, what do y'all have that could help 
well, we, uh, we don't have anything yet. This was like two weeks after the, after the meeting, after the hurricane. And uh, uh, they went around, well, we got, a, we got a, a chainsaw, and we got a, this one had something, you know, very little. They came to me, and I said, well, I called my headquarters in Springfield, Missouri, and two days later, they sent me the money to buy three flatbed, pick, flatbed trucks. I have three flatbed trucks, brand new. Speed the light. Uh, we have already bought, because I had called nine churches. Personally, I called nine churches and raised over $100,000 in one morning. I bought, uh, I don't know how many tons of corn from the market and sugar and coffee and lard, and I've got it stored in my warehouse on, in a certain part of town. And we've been listening, we've been uh, receiving calls from the Air Force, the Honduran Air Force, every morning asking us where do you want to bring a load of food we have distributed already tons and the, the red cross hadn't even got down there and when they did they brought blankets to a tropical country <laughs> anyway i began to tell them what we were doing and we were dropping uh we were dropping loads helicopter loads of food and and necessary help to where our Bible schools were all over the country. All over. This is the hierarchy of a well-organized church. We are part of that. We have that to call on. We will call on them. Do not despise wise counsel. Should have listened to me? No, don't do that. We're in the storm. We're not in the fair havens. And uh, we will need to listen to our chosen board. Now, these board members didn't sign on for a hurricane. <laughs> these board members didn't sign on to lead us, help us through the storm. They didn't know we were going to have a storm. We were in Fair Havens when they got on board. But nevertheless, they were chosen. Now, you know, we, we can vote on them. We can cast lots or pull numbers or whatever we do. But whatever we do, we did. And they are the chosen board of our church. And we're going to listen to them. We're going to, we're going to pray for them. We're going to support them. We're going to let them know that we understand they are men and they didn't sign on for this. One of them told me, he said, oh, for years I didn't, sign, I didn't want to be a, a board member. I, I just can't, I was not ever going to be a board member. And this time he said the Lord spoke to him and said, well, go ahead and run your name. Maybe they won't vote for you. <laughs> Sorry about that. They voted for him, and he's on. 
And we have chosen leaders. Thank God for these pastors that were up here this morning, for Brother Brian Fairchild and his wife, Nicole, for Caleb and Morgan, for Evan and his new bride. These men have decided they want to stay with the boat. They want to stay with the crew. They're going to, we got things to do. We got places to go. We got people to see. Amen. So take wise counsel. Let us pray. Put them in your prayer. Pray every day. Some of them have begun to suffer because of their affiliation with the board. Finally, he says, take courage. You know, you don't want a missionary to speak on Sunday morning. <laughs> it gets longer and longer, Brother Larry. I'm trying to get, we're on the back page already. Take courage. We're not driven to despair. Hear me. We're not driven to despair. Take courage. Are we, are we there? I'm on, uh, is that the one I'm on? God has other plans for us. Oh, did I, I didn't finish the, the, yeah, I did. Here, anyway. God has other plans for us. There will be no loss of life among you, only of the ship. Now, here's a mixed message. You need to hear this part. This is a mixed message. How can there be no loss of life and the ship is going to be broke to pieces? We're in the middle of, a, of the Mediterranean Sea. We are in the middle of a 14-day storm. And, and, and you say there's not going to be any loss of life, but the ship is going down. That's a mixed message. You will hear mixed messages. You've already heard them. Well, Brother Randy, though we believed in forgiving, we, if you have not forgiven, you're in, you need to get up here and, and, you're, and you're get your heart right with God and forgive. Forgive what has been done. Forgive. God cannot forgive you if you hold unforgiveness in your heart. You will be tormented until you get that unforgiveness out of your life. Forgive. We must forgive. However, there are consequences to being, uh, to, 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 to breaking the laws of man. We can forgive and we must forgive, but when laws are broken, we are not the ones that are in charge of the consequences. It is in the hands of a higher power than us. Do you, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but this storm will get rough. This storm is not over, and when the community begins to 
say, well, what's going on here? That church hasn't forgiven. It's not that. We have forgiven. Now then, it's in the power of other people's hands, not yours, not ours, not the boards, not the hierarchy, not the Holy Spirit. It's in the hands of the government. So there are mixed messages that come that we might not understand. But listen to this message. Take courage. God has other plans. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God who, to whom I belong. You see, those people believed in many gods. Those ship owners and centurions and guards and prisoners and passengers, they were all calling out to their God to help them. But Paul indicated to them that there stood by me a messenger of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve. And he told me well, he's got other plans for us. There are other plans for this church. There are other plans for you. There are people on board that God has designed to go take us through this storm. There are people on board in the church that God has plans are going to do great things for him and stand before Caesar and preach the gospel. We're in this together. Life is better together. Paul must be brought before Caesar was the plan of God. Had nothing to do with the centurion. Had nothing to do with the boat. Had nothing to do with the storm. He didn't care about the storm. God wasn't afraid of the storm. Paul wasn't either. Eat. Listen. And be brave. Be courageous. Take heart. I'm gonna, I, I've got to go before Caesar. There are people here that have great things to do for God. You have great things. There are young people here who will do great things for God. And this storm that we're going through is not going to prevent God's will from occurring in their life. They're not going under because of this storm. Praise God. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God. I believe God. Life is better together. Remember, we do not exist as a church apart from each other. You know that? You're not in First Baptist this morning. Now, I'm just talking about the local church right now. And they're not a church. I mean, how do I say that? They are a church together, and we are a church together. When one of us hurts, we all hurt. 
Got news Thursday that Beverly Bragg, a dear lady, dear friend, dear member of this church, passed away. And immediately I got in my truck and went over to see D.L. to comfort him, to pray with him, to be with him. Why? Part of my church. Part of my family. He's part of who we are. You're part of who we are. We are a church because we are together. So life is better together. Now, this last postscript that I add to this message is um, I can't give it to you uh, saying this is from the Lord and if you leave, you will die. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, no, I wouldn't. Uh, don't leave the ship in the middle of the storm. It's not safe out there. Don't tell me I'm not getting fed. I'll tell you, you're not eating. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Don't tell me, well, it's just not the same. Well, no, we're going through a storm. I've been telling you that the whole morning. <laughs> Praise God. Now, listen. You go down there to the 30th verse, and it says, as the sailors, now this is some of the church members. As the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff, the lifeboat, into the sea under the pretense it's always a lie it's mostly from the devil <laughs> when you try to leave and say I'm not getting fed and I don't it's it just you wanting to get off the boat well it's a storm out there don't do it now he says um, they were putting out they've making out like they were putting the anchors from the prow. And Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Understand? You. Others are trying to get off the boat, but it's going to affect you. And so they went over there and you watch, Brother Randy, he'll cut your lifeboat. <laughs> he'll cut the ropes from your lifeboat and tell you, get back in church. What are you doing not in church? We're in this storm together. We got to go through this together. We got to get finished. There will be a day when we look back and say, man, I don't even remember that storm. Skies will be blue, clear. We'll be around the fire together. That's what happens to them, you know. They, they landed and built a fire to warm us up. That's what's going to happen to us. We're going to stay together. We're going to ride it out. We're going to trust God. We're going to take food. That, that you see there, I, I do that when I say take food. 
That's what they do in Latin America. To eat, you do this. To come here, you do this. We're going to eat like tortillas, beans. We're going to eat together. We're going to worship together. We're going to be in this thing together. And God is going to bring us through this storm. And not one life of his church will be lost. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They're coming to sing, run to the Father. That's what we have to do. We have a Father who cares about us. Run to your daddy. Run to your daddy. He cares. He will keep us safe in the middle of a storm. He will do it. Will you stand with me? Now, Lord, I don't see in this message where I am, I am going to give a call for sinners to come forward. Although there are always sinners on the boat, there are those who don't understand, they're perplexed, they're in despair, they're giving up all hope that we should be saved. But you haven't. So I pray that, oh God, you will put, pray, oh God, that you will put in us the courage to continue together, the courage not to murmur. The courage not to try to escape alone in the only lifeboat, but to stay together so that we'll all come through this. Lord, in Jesus' strong name, I speak strength, wise counsel, and courage to each one in this building. I bless them this morning with strength, with wise counsel, and with courage this morning. They are your church. We are your church. We are your people. We will come through this together. Lord, I pray for our dear pastor, Brian, Sandra, and their family. I pray your comfort to them. I pray, oh God, your help to them. I pray, oh Lord, that you would bring them through their storm as well. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.